Listener Production. Kickpot acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast, the Yulikit Wulan clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Ready for this episode? Oh, so ready. Are you ready, listeners? <laughs> no, truly, truly. This is a wonderful episode. We are speaking to the wonderful Maria Thatil. And we have had Maria on the yes. podcast before. We will put that episode in the show notes as well if you want more after you listen to this. So Maria was crowned Miss Universe in 2020. Then she represented Australia in the global Miss Universe also in the same year where she placed in the top 10. And Maria was only the third woman. This mm. is so fucked. Third woman of colour to represent Australia in 69 years. Mm-hmm. Maria is a huge supporter of diversity, inclusion and equality and is an advocate for women, the LGBTQIA plus community and anti-racism. And she's also released a book recently called Unbounded, mm. which we highly recommend. We'll put the link to that in the show notes, as well as appearing on a new, after you listen to this podcast, <laughs> and the one that we did last time, um, a new Audible podcast called Power Talk. So we'll put the link to in our show notes to that as well. But without further ado, mm. we'll Here stop reading is. Marie's amazing bio and we will bring her in. <laughs> Enjoy. Maria, Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's so nice to see you. So good to see you both. How long has it been now? A few months? Mm Mm-hmm. At least. I really, I really struggle to know because because when you follow <laughs> people on social media, you feel like you, I feel feel like like you were there you with yesterday. my family last yes, week. Yes, I feel like my dad. you were in my living room because you were on the project a couple of nights ago. And <gasps> That's true, too. Absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. Thank as you. As always. It's, I, f- I forget that it's like that's that or today and so it's like you flick networks. It's like, well, there I am hanging out with you and your family. You're in... <laughs> I'm in your living room. In our living How's room. How's mum? So I'm not sure when I last saw you, but... In yeah. person, but what I last saw you was on my TV. So. Oh, okay. And you know what I love? That you just didn't break eye contact with me. Like, it was almost like begging me, like, please don't think this is weird. And I feel like I'm right there with you all the time. It's nice. It's true. I love it. No, but I feel that way too because I keep up with you both so much. So when I was just like, how's Harvey? Like, I saw him last week. And it's like, I don't actually know your child. I'm sorry. <laughs> And the last time also we went on the podcast together, or you came on our podcast, Yeah, you had just signed, or you were starting to write your book. Yeah. Oh and God. now the, your book is out in the world. How's now it been? out in the world. It's congratulations. Been, yeah, thank you. Congrats. Um, congrats to you both as well with all the books <laughs> oh. in the world out there. It's, you know what it is? It's the craziest thing to know that. And I'm sure you both feel this with so much that you've put out there. It's like, this is my heart and soul in a physical form. And it's just out there. So I'm feeling very grateful for it. Oh, it's just amazing. And I was super grateful to have a pre-read of the book as well. And it was just like instantly, I was like, this is going to have a lot of raw emotive stories and a lot of great insights and people can take a lot from from what you had to say. So (laughs) 
to, to Echo Laws, congratulations. Thank you both. It means everything to me. Outside of the book, you're doing so many amazing things. I mean, we've just spoken about how you're on the telly and we Who, do... The telly. The telly. Did I just say that? <laughs> the telly. Are you 65? You know why I say that? Not, Wait, is it not cool? Because I say the that telly. too. Okay, great. I'm on the telly. Cool. I'm on the telly. Does that, am I 65? I think TV. Television. Anyway, sorry, anyway. Oh, What I'm about to say isn't about the telly anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving <But> on. <laughs> on a stellar podcast recently, yeah. you said it's really important that I show people I'm very comfortable with my body, with my sexuality, um, with my agency. If I don't want to have kids, if I want to wear a little dress, I don't know anyone in explanation and it also doesn't affect my credibility. I can wear a thong on Instagram and it doesn't take away from the fact that I was nominated for a scholarship for Harvard University. And I just... This is like, like a... Like, this like is a, a yes. I want to get that tattooed on yes. me. Even <laughs> though it's not my life, not my I did not story. get a scholarship <laughs> for Harvard. I still want it tattooed on me. I think that is just I want so your amazing. nomination. <laughs> On my back, okay. <laughs> but it is, it's it, because we, and we've spoken about this a few times on the podcast, like you often feel like you need to fit in some sort of box. Yes. Um, especially when you are kind of in the public eye and you've got more eyes on you. It, it's like people expect a certain thing from you. And I, I love particularly what you, you spoke about. Um, even like your campaign that you shot around your book launch of Unbounded, you know, the nudity and everything in that. I think what is so special about it is it's like you're stripping everything back in your writing. You're being raw and vulnerable and true to yourself in your writing. And I, maybe I'm a bit of a nudist and I, I, I wish we could live in a world <laughs> that people were more like, you know, outwardly accepted to be naked. But um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so maybe I appreciate it differently. But I think that, I mean, that is what we are in our truest most vulnerable form is yeah. when we're naked and not covered up. So I think um, I thought that was a really special way of tying it together. Thank you. Yeah, well, our bodies are just, um, they're just politicized and, and policed and we're told what to do, what to show, what's what's acceptable, what's not. They're profited off and exploited. And it's like, I don't care anymore. It's just, I'm going to enjoy my body. I'm going to do it with agency. I don't care what anyone's opinions are. And I remember I used to because I used to worry about the fact that the way I entered this career was through Miss Universe. And I remember somebody, it was actually someone close to someone I knew, had passed a remark and said something to the effect of, it's very rich that she's talking about sexism when she walked in a bikini at Miss Universe. And I remember for a minute internalizing that and going should I be embarrassed of this? It's like, no, I chose that. Mm. And I worked hard and I was fit and I was proud of my body. I was there as a shorter woman. Mm. I was there as a woman of colour representing Australia. Why should I feel shame for that? Mm. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, yes, there are other bodies who I'm speaking from a privileged place. I'm not larger. I'm able-bodied. Um, so there are so many other factors there. But I just also wish we could get to a place where we didn't police people's bodies. Mm. Has it happened re- like less for you since? Because it's interesting. You, we're, you're obviously on the project and yeah. the Today Show, which is incredible. Yeah. They've booked you since you have posted yourself as you are. Yeah. Do people still comment stuff about that? Like if you post a photo in a G string, like a people because I feel like we've come so far. Mm. But then I, I think there's still. Like some of that. There's still some of, of that. Yeah. Well, it's that feels amazing that I will talk about. I will talk about sex, I will talk about my body, I'll post what I want, and they're still booking me because what has that got to do with anything? Mm. And I feel like once you get to a point where it's like, I'm not shaming myself for these things, so you can't shame me for that. Mm. Like, you don't have that power. I do not give you that power. Mm. I, that is... That. Okay, that's yeah. the That's a moment. That is, <laughs> that is the moment. That's that, it, but right? that's right. It's like, but I gave people that, like, if someone said something about my skin... 
that was it. I would go home and, yes, use the bleaching creams on my skin. I would wear the white makeup. If someone said something homophobic, I would just completely ignore the fact that I was questioning myself. You know, she's short. I would wear six, you know, inch heels, like big heels just to try and and look taller. And it's like, I take it back. I take that power back. It's not for you to decide. And because now I don't give that to other people, there's nothing you can say that'll hurt me because I put it all out there. I am myself as much as I can be in a space like social media, but I am myself. So Mm. um, it feels really great to be in these spaces and to be able to role model that and show people you don't have to give yourself up to get into these spaces. And people still do it. Would you believe, mind you, I'd not been on a holiday in like three, three, four years. My first holiday this year in a while was Bali for my 30th birthday. I was up there for a week. Your content was a slay. It was so fun. I loved it. And that was the one time I got all my friends who are not in this industry to be like, you guys have to play along and be in all my content. Like, that's what I want for my 30th birthday, just be in all of it. And so we went there, we were having fun. And someone commented something like, was all your social work just for a Miss Universe campaign? I'm so sick of seeing the modeling content and, and holiday stuff. Can you can you go out and do some feed the homeless or something? That's what they had commented. And I was like, mate, if you want to see a video of someone feeding the homeless, mm. you go do it. Mm. Like, do not expect labor from people who, one, you see a sliver of my life yeah. online. You don't know what I do day to day. Mm. And it's like, it's my first holiday in a while. Like, it's let me live. <laughs> but my new thing is I'm just blocking and deleting and I remember meeting a bunch of really cool people when I did um, I'm a Celebrity. And I was ta- and I was surrounded by people who'd been in, you know, various industries for how many years? And every single one of them gave me the same advice. And they said, Maria, you just need to suck the oxygen out of it by not reacting. Yeah. And it's the best bit of advice I've ever received. I just block and delete now because I don't have to give you my time, my energy. And it does take from me. You know, it wears you down over time. So I just don't pay it any mind anymore. Mm. It's so good. Good on you. Yeah. And you, you touched on I'm a Celeb. Great. Loved, loved you. you. It's like one of my favorite shows <laughs> in the entire world. Very traumatic. <laughs> you guys would be great on it. I think I'm just I thinking would if any ITV or Channel Steph. 10 executives are I would love to go on it. I'm would would happy to so outwardly good. say that. I would love to go on it. I would it, only but go no. on if you were there too. <laughs> You could do like, you know, paired challenges. I would watch that ITV if you're listening. You, you, you. Okay, back to you, back to you, back to you. Okay, so you on the show, you spoke about your, what you just touched on before around your sexuality and because before that you had not come out as, and actually I want to ask you to come out. How do you feel about that? Because I, I think with that term, it kind of makes it seem like you had to come out of, like, you've changed, but it's like yeah. you were exploring it. Yeah. And you had to hide it. And I, I don't know. I don't, openly, I don't, you openly spoke like, about it. Exactly yeah. right. But you openly spoke about it for the first time on that show. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, before you had that conversation, because obviously there's cameras and you, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, though, because you're there for so long, you kind of forget that they're there. You know they're there. But, but you but, knew. Like, but when I, ironically, like, after I had that conversation, it just came up in a chat with David and I didn't bring it up to the producers after that because you go in that little confessional room and, and you chat and debrief. I just never spoke about it. I was like, oh, that was really nice. Didn't tell any of the other campmates. And then it was David who came up to me later and was like, so they asked me like, and, and said, how did I feel? That was pretty special, you know, having her come out to you. And I was like, oh, I should probably go and chat to them about that, shouldn't I? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, maybe go see what they said. And they actually gave me the choice of whether I leave it in or, or keep it out. I just thought... I know eventually I'm going to have to tell people because I was dating women at that point and I didn't want 
the narrative to be taken out of my hands. Mm. So I thought if there's any way I'm going to share this with the country, I feel like it should just be a chill conversation with your mate because it really should be that simple. Mm. It's not like a big, you know, put out a press release, tell everyone this. It was kind of just like, hey, I date women too and it's it's fine, you know. Did anything go through your head before, like when you were talking to David? Because yeah. obviously you would have known there was cameras mm. and it's amazing they gave you the choice to air yeah. that out. It's very, very awesome. Did you think, was there anything in your head that made you worried of about anything or you just thought, no, it's time, I want to, this is me and, and I'm not saying this in any way that you yeah. should have been worried but I just think it's just the way that the, the media you but also the comments, the exactly right, and how they take yeah. it and, and how the narrative they create yeah. out of that. Did, did that worry you at all or you you just, it was you, so you're like, I'm, I'm going to live as I kind of just <laughs> blurted it out. Yeah. And it came out in conversation when, ironically, David was winding me up about Joey and just saying, look how handsome he is. I'm like, yeah, he's a really hot guy. On that, <laughs> it was kind of just like, you know, and it just sort of came out in conversation and that was fine. And I didn't really think about it much um, till the night before the episode aired and I was super anxious. Like, and, I, and in hindsight now, I'm like, that's so silly and I should never have felt that way. But I guess it's, it's a big deal, right? Mm. And I was on the phone to my brother till 2 a.m. And it's so funny that that's how things went because when Dom came out, he really struggled and I was there for him as much as I could be. We had, you know, a tough time with our family initially. And then here he was, so comfortable in his skin. Our family's come so far and he's on the phone to me like, remember why we call it pride. Like, you've got this. Just go do it. And um, he sort of paved the way for me and helped me come out of that anxiety. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just put it out into the world. And I did have like a frog in my throat the whole time watching the episode. But there was like an outpouring of love after. And I'm like, now I can just go on dates and not worried about who's that, watching that's me. That's what I wanted to ask you because you said before yeah. that when you had that conversation, you were dating women at the yeah. time. So you would have been so anxious. So, we, so anxious. Oh. How did it feel to not have to... Well, like I was that. anxious, but I was reckless. It, reckless in the sense that as anxious as I was, I was still out making out with women at bars and public places. I <laughs> love it. Having a bloody good time. I'm only human. I cannot help myself. But no one wrote anything or said anything. I know that people were messaging my friends mm-hmm. and would be like, is Marie gay? I've just seen her on an app. Or mm. I think I've just seen her out with someone. And I'd just be like, just tell them it's, you know, it's a catfish account or tell them this or that or whatever. Mm. And now it just felt good to be like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm dating and I'm just doing my thing as anyone else would. So, Was there anyone in your private life that didn't know about it? My mom and dad, <laughs> they didn't know. And they didn't even fully understand what being bisexual was. They didn't, they, it took them a very long time to understand, mm. you know, okay, being gay and, and whatnot. And then when I sort of came out to them, they were like, but what do you mean? And it was my mum who struggled a little bit. She's like, but how is it the same thing, you know, physically? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I really don't want to have to have this conversation with you. But if I must, let us learn together. And it just, you know, it's, there was a lot of conversation. She didn't get it. Um, my friends were kind of like, well, there have been a few things that maybe we thought you know, but we just never, you've always been with men. Um, but yeah, not a lot of people knew. But then there were people who said, oh, it was so obvious she was so fruity. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't think... What's fruity? Fruity is like, yeah, a little queer. Okay. And people would say that. They'd be like, she's... I, I had a few people literally comment on socials and say, this was so obvious. Like, I saw this coming, you know, it's just the way you dress or the way you do things. I'm like, I think I'm pretty straight passing. Like, I didn't... It's interesting seeing how people mm. interpret your energy. 
but it just but queer being queer doesn't look any one way. No, exactly. Yeah. Question for you. So you you've dated men and women. Yeah. What's the what is the difference? Like, what is within the relationship? Like, how is it different for you? Like, what is that? I'm gonna I'm gonna be really honest. And I just, I'm going to preface this by saying, this is not saying this is what it's like dating men and women. Like, no, guys, I've got the guys that you this, dated. Yeah, this is just the men dated. that I've yeah. dated. This is just the women that yeah. um, I've dated. And this is just my experience. Yeah. And I still have my own issues with, you know, how I'm I'm learning to love and be loved. And I'm working through that. So remember that this is just my experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when anyone gets up and arms. But what I will say is the relationships I've had with men have not, even scratch the surface of the emotional intimacy I've experienced with women. And this next point might just be that I'm older, more mature, and I know how to communicate, and I know my body, and I'm a lot more comfortable sexually. But with women, it has also been better. And I think that whilst I was closeted and and not, you know, I'm still, I was still learning about myself and things like that, I felt this pressure when it came to like sex and intimacy to almost perform for someone else. Mm. And I didn't understand my own body. I didn't prioritize my own experience. And I didn't know how to just express what I wanted. And it's like, okay, I feel like they think this is good for me. So I should just go along with that and act like I'm really enjoying that. And instead... And is this with women or with men? With men. With men. And so like up until I sort of came out and started exploring that, I didn't know how to articulate... Mm me and, and my needs. And so when I started dating women, I'd obviously had an attitude shift where I was like, no, I'm going to embrace my sexuality and then I'm going to speak up as well. And I feel like with women, um, it's just been a little bit more intimate and you spend a lot more time getting to know each other, your bodies, communicating your needs. Mm. And so for me, it's just been really beautiful and just like a deeper level of physical and emotional intimacy. Mm. And it's like, I can't imagine not knowing that. Mm. Like imagine I was closeted and I've never got to experience that. Yeah. That being said, if I were to start dating a man, um, I think I'd be able to better articulate my needs and maybe that would be different. Mm. But that's just my experience to date. And this might be pushing it. So please tell me to go <laughs> <No>. away. <laughs> Guys, but I I've feel... literally talked about like <laughs> strap-ons on a first date at one of my speaking gigs and like the Marie Claire team were like, <gasps> but this is really good for the press release. <laughs> so hit me. Just I ask just whatever. For anyone that is maybe curious yep. and I think I would, I'm interested to know, the first time you were intimate mm. with a woman, and that's me assuming that you were first intimate with a man, is that correct? Yes. Okay. I shouldn't have assumed that, but... No, that's okay. When you first were intimate with a woman, what was that like? Like, was that... Why, I'm just... What it was, was like? like <laughs> okay, it was like I was... I felt like a virgin all over again. Wow. Because... And this is and this is going to be so real. I'm going to be so real with you guys right now. I literally was Googling, how do I go down on a woman? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, of course. But then, I think that's the thing. Because you genuinely are like, yeah. I know what like it feels like for me, but... I don't know how to confidently, and it's like, I remember I was, I think about 16 or 17 when I was first, you know, sexually active Mm -hmm. with a man. Mm -hmm. And it's that same thing of, oh my God, how am I going to know what to do? And you sort of figure it out as you get older and the more experiences Mm -hmm. you have. And it was kind of like that. I was a lot more comfortable in the moment than I thought I was going to be. I also had a lot of wine because I was very nervous. (laughs) (laughs) So I was probably... 
a little bit, I, I probably remember it better than it was um, for that reason, but I was just very nervous and I felt like a kid all over again who was just learning to explore their bodies. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. At, at least I was letting myself explore that because for a very long time I was like, wow, I feel like I really, and this is one thing that I've had a friend of mine who we talk about like appreciating beautiful women. Mm. And I've always been that friend. If I see a beautiful woman, I'm like, mm. wow, she's really beautiful. And that's what my girlfriends say to me. They're like, you've always done that. You've always noticed really hot women. I'm like, but I don't think that's like just, a, I just do. Mm. And my other friend has done this and she said, but I never have ever, you know, fantasized about sleeping with a woman or mm. things like that. I'm like, okay, see, I have for a very long time. And so to get to that point, I, even though I was nervous and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to suck? Am I going to be bad at it? I should Google this. I was so proud of me for putting myself in that situation because mm. at least I was getting to experience it. And then, hey, at least I'd know. Um, and sexuality is on a spectrum. You know, for some people, they might not know if they have a capacity for like an emotional connection. Maybe it's just a physical thing, vice versa. But for me, it was um, a beautiful learning experience and... I, you know, shortly after I started dating Georgia and she was just very patient with me and took care of my heart and made sure I was okay. So, oh, um, so it was really, it was very lucky. For people listening that might feel like they want to explore their sexuality and because mm. I think obviously through school, we learn, we literally just learn about sex in heterosexual relationships. Yeah. Like we don't learn anything no, else. So we know about really queer scary. sex. And that's what people are like, how do you, like two people of the same sex even have sex? And it's like there are, sex isn't just a penetrative act. Yeah, yes. but th yeah. that's what we're yeah. taught, right? And I think too, we're also, because we, when we went, when did you graduate school? 2010. So exactly, yeah, same yeah. as me. You're 20, 2011. 2011. 2011. So it was around the same time. Mm. Through that time, there wasn't a lot of, it was much more shame mm. on like anyone that wasn't in a heterosexual yeah. relationship. We just did not talk about it. It was no. like kind of this big stigma around it. Yeah. And so I think for people that have grown up um, in, you know, in our, now it's changing so much. But for anyone listening that does want to explore their sexuality but it's not ready to tell their mm. friends, um, about it, and if they're they're a female, it, they might feel through. They don't want their like. I've spoken to so many people that yeah. said, "I don't want my friends to think that I love them or I want to like be with them and because that's, that's such uncomfortable. a horrible stereotype as well. Exactly. It's that feeling of, please don't think I'm like coming on to you. Yes. And it's almost like it's that stereotype of like are all queer people like hypersexualized, yeah. and it's almost like predatory. It's like yeah, it's, it's so true. It's like you can have like friends who are of a different gender and that's not an assumption. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but I get that because I sort of had that where I'm like, just for a split second, I'm like, will my friends think maybe? And then I was like, there's no way we're like family. Um, but that's a really, that's a real thing. I'm so glad you mm. brought that up because yeah. it's it's not, it's a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And then with with that, because, because of that stereotype, mm. people might not feel, and also they might just want to explore. Yeah. How did you get into, like, to have your first sexual experience with mm. a woman, yeah. how did you navigate that? Because I think it, it I would have no, I, like, I would have no idea where to begin. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. And, and I don't think there's any rule book, but I think a really big part of it is if you think back to, I guess, school and, and, and with how we talk about like heterosexual sexual experiences, we know that education is important and 
before sort of making strides when it comes to like queer relationships, I think we've all started talking about sex more, society's more sex positive. Mm. And that definitely makes a difference. Like people are a lot less ashamed to to talk about it and sex toys and pleasure Mm. and consent and things like that. So when it comes to moving the dial on normalizing more queer sexual experiences and making that something that people feel safe to explore, I think we do need more like educational resources. So I think like let's put the onus on the people with the responsibility. We need policy change, education reform. Like let's talk about different diverse queer experiences. And I haven't been in a classroom in a very long time. I don't know if that's changed in Mm. school, but it should. Um, But also then I would say to anyone who's questioning, what really helped me was looking up people who were outspoken and really openly queer and they shared their experiences quite generously because I remember, and I think I read this book after, but it's just the first example that's come to mind of a time where I was reading it and I like lapped it up because I was like, this is everything I want to know. It was Sophie Keisha's book, Her, and she's very generous with her um, experiences and sharing her first time and things like that. And I finally related to a lot of her feelings. So when it came to writing my book, I've detailed that. I detailed that first time. I detailed how I first started exploring it. And it literally started with dating apps, just changing the toggle to men and women. And I started having a few conversations with women. And when it scared me, I'd turn the app off and go back to men only. Then I would start going on dates. And and then I started listening to people who were queer share their experiences. So I felt like okay, if I'm thinking this, that's normal. You know, other people have felt this too. It's okay. Um, so I would just say to anyone, it's like, just take it at your own pace. You don't have to come out to anybody. You don't have to label it to your friends. You don't owe anyone anything. Just do things at your own pace and you might change your mind. Mm. You know, like your sexuality that's okay, might right? evolve. That's so okay. Your sexuality might evolve um, and that's cool too. But just do things safely, consume content and resources from people who speak about this because there's a lot. Like I'll always talk about it so you can find that stuff with me. Um, and then just explore it at your own pace. Mm. And there are resources and organizations that exist to help with this sort of thing too. So there's help out there. Just listen to the right people. Mm. And I think what I love the most about what you just said, and thank you for sharing all of that so generously, is that you said that it is okay to change because I think we live in a world and it's getting better, but where we feel like if we're one thing, we have to stay that thing. Yeah. And if we yeah. say one thing, it's like we have to then, oh, well, I said that five years ago, so I need to still be I need like, back that, attached you know? to that. But it's yeah. like, it is okay to change. So if anyone's listening and it's and, and maybe it's not about your sexuality or maybe it is, mm. if you do want to explore, that's fine. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to announce to everyone mm. you've changed your sexuality. No. But then also, if you then decide, actually, no, you can change back. And it, it yeah. doesn't, I just think we feel like if we say things, it's like, we have yeah. to live by what we've said oh, in that moment, but we evolve and we change. And so I think that's really important. And so thank yeah. you for thank you for saying forward. that. That's okay. I love I love that you said that because it ties into so many different things like with cancel culture and, and things mm. like that, which I think is getting better, but it's not conducive to change. It's not conducive to growth. And people feel like they're afraid to speak up and share different opinions or opinions that aren't popular or aren't conventional. But if we're going to grow and change and learn as a society... We need to be able to disagree and make mistakes and own those mistakes and accountability is important. And that's not even relevant to a chat about sexuality. It's just, I think that's important to General. put out there. But when it comes to your gender identity, your sexuality, however you feel that's valid. You don't owe it to anyone. And if it changes, own that. If you want to share it, do it. But it, again, it's just giving agency back to people. Mm. It's your life. 
You don't have to do anything by anyone's blueprint. That's, I think, the most important thing. It's amazing. And I, I thank you for that. And I want to finish up, if it's all right. Yeah. Um, I think what we have kind of covered in this is fortunate that society has come a long way. Mm. Um, obviously, there's still a long way to go, but it has. That sometimes, I reckon, in in navigating this, some of the hardest parts would be those closest to you yep. rather than a stranger and what they mm. think. Um, and you mentioned earlier that with your family, with both your brother and, and yourself coming out, mm. that there has been some times where it wasn't as easy yeah. or it wasn't as quite understood. Um, and a few months ago on Nine Honey, on Talking Honey, you said this about the idea of holidaying with family. Do you do family holidays? I've been on family holidays with my extended family long time ago. Couldn't see it happening now. As I've gotten older, and I think in, in certain cultures... There's a thing with, you know, kids being respectful and not speaking their mind, and I cannot imagine myself sitting at a dinner table with certain homophobic relatives <gasps> or people who just super religious relatives that I have and, and wow. things like that. And I think it would just be difficult. So unless we had a ban on certain topics, which I just yeah. don't think it would stick, would I, don't, I don't see us getting along. And I feel like there would be so many people who would be mm, able to relate yeah. to this. So yeah. how have you, I suppose, other than obviously I'm sure there's some relatives that you would just outwardly avoid, which mm. is fine. Mm. How have you navigated some of those more difficult conversations yeah. with those people? Well, and it's, it, it hits really, really hits home, um, especially coming off of World Pride because there was mm. some stuff in our personal life. And I know I share a lot about how amazing my parents are, my brother are, but people don't know that... It still is really hard for mm -hmm. us. Like Dom and I, um, we're very outspoken, we're public and we come from a very culturally and religiously conservative background. Mm -hmm. And so not all our relatives are like this. Some of them are so amazing and we're close to them and we talk to them and they've come a long way. They compliment my brother when he wears my mum's stuff and just they love everything. But some are still very opinionated on what they call our lifestyle Um there has been victim blaming when Dominic was attacked at Mardi Gras, you know, suggesting that how he was dressed invited it, um, and really strong anti-LGBTQIA plus sentiments that are hateful rhetoric dressed up as faith. Mm. And I can tell you as parents who are Christians, I'm not a Christian, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but I have so much respect for the Christian faith and many faiths, and I know what Christian values are because my parents live it, and none of it has anything to do with judging and condemning people for who they are. And that's what my mum, my dad, and my brother and I say. There have been confrontations mm. and it's been very hard watching my mum and dad get dragged mm. into it because we've never wanted that mm. um, and we want to protect them. But when those situations have come up, ironically, it's Dominic and I have said, mum and dad, you've got to let it go. Mm. And my parents are the allies who are like, I can't let it go. When people are saying this stuff, like think of transgender kids, you actually have parents like that. And all of a sudden, mum and dad are like biggest allies, mm. that warms my heart and I just want to protect them and I say, that's all we need. And you know what? You're not going to change everyone's mind. And that's the thing. Like we know people's minds aren't set actually going to, they're set in their ways. Yeah. And if you don't want to change, that's not my job to change it. And we've tried to have respectful conversations, but where it's not gone that way, Dom and I have just said, respectfully, we've learned to put in boundaries, which is something that's not common to, you know, 
I think a lot of South Asian families, um, sometimes boundaries get blurred because of loyalty and community values, but there has to be a line. And when you're a cycle breaker, um, you're disruptive, but you have to be. And you know what? I just did a podcast recently with um, Kemi Nekvipil and it's called Power Talks and it's on Audible. And we talked about... Um, she, she talked to me about that sense of power and that sense of ownership because even though I've overcome a lot of this stuff, I told her how that little kid who grew up with racism and sexism and homophobia and things like that, yes, she's grown up and I've become this person, but I've recognized in my work ethic that some of it comes from a scarcity mindset. And it's like, if I don't fight for everything, if I don't mm. speak up for everything, then the relatives aren't going to accept me and I'm going to lose my seat at the table and I'm not going to get the opportunities. And it's like, I'm burning myself out, still trying to please these groups. And it's not even in an obvious way. It's literally like, uh, I'm high achieving and I'm, and I'm ambitious, but it's actually coming from a hurt place. And so it's been really amazing. We worked through it in that episode, but it was amazing to sort of say, actually, I'm allowed to rest. I'm allowed to walk away from relationships that don't serve. I'm allowed to put in boundaries because that's, that's my power and I'm reclaiming that. And I think for a long time, even with the relatives, and it sparked that because I felt like I needed to prove to them, no, I'm a good girl. Like I'm good enough. And, you know, I'll still turn up at church. Just, you know, please just put the face value in. You've seen me there. I'm still, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, I just think of my brother and I'm so proud of him and yeah. my mum and dad. And it's just, you shouldn't, I don't know, like why do we spend our lives trying to earn the validation of people who just, you can't change their minds, mm. you know? It's, family is a very interesting construct because I think it's, I mean, there's so much in there, yeah. but it's also such an podcast, interesting so. contract, like, <laughs> construct generally yeah. because it's like I know a lot of people say, look, blood is blood. So it's like you, you, you know, you have to stick with them no matter what. But that that's actually there's so much, so many problems oh God, with that yeah, because no matter what is, if someone were to treat you or disrespect you in a certain way, there yeah. is a point where it's like actually I don't need to live like yeah. this or live with this energy in my life yeah. and keep appeasing to, to people that don't, that are putting us down, that aren't appeasing to us. But it is, it is. so it's amazing. Thank you for opening up about that. Thank you for everything. We could chat to you for hours, but yeah. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting the, the message of like, we're getting the wrap, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. We love you. If mm. anyone wants to follow you, which we highly, highly, highly recommend, we'll put all of the links in our show notes. Thank you for your time today and thank for you. being you. We, yeah, we love you. I love you both too. This is so nice. Thank you for having me and thank you for letting me talk as long as I did. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you ever want to get involved with our podcast, maybe we're talking about a segment, you have something relatable you want to chat about, a DNM, questions, um, please send your voice notes or your stories to us at KickPod, where you can DM us directly. Um, and you can also keep up with everything that we're doing on the podcast there as well. You can see the video content that we share and any other questions or updates. We want to get you guys involved. You sure can. And if you want to find out more about Kick, you can learn more at kickapp.com. You can download the app on the Google Play or the Apple Store. We have got a free seven-day trial. And you can find us on Instagram at Smith at laurie.henshaw and on TikTok at Kick. We will chat to you soon. Bye.